Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler. And in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn and laugh. Well, our next guest, Lisa McDonald, and that's Lisa with a MC capital D, focuses on empowering business owners, individuals, and entrepreneurs to transform their lives, achieve their goals, and turn their dreams into realities by walking the talk and approaching life, love, and work with fearless gratitude, enthusiasm, and hope. A successful author, motivational speaker, TV and radio host, podcaster, blogger, mentor, personal development coach, and mother, Lisa inspires people to do and be their best every single day. She empowers and reinvigorates her audiences to take daily action in their personal and professional lives. Lisa proves that by moving away from fear, anxiety, and overwhelm, even the newest online Newest online entrepreneurs can generate exciting momentum as they move closer to building a life and business they love. I was just recently a guest on Lisa's podcast, Living Fearlessly with Lisa, and I couldn't wait to get her on. So Lisa, I am so excited to have you here today. Well, thank you, Bob. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. I will go back and say, though, as far as what you indicated in your intro, I will laugh with you. I am not crying here today. I'm sick of crying. Just tears of laughter. Yeah. The pandemic hasn't been fun. Oh, it's been a ride. Let me tell you, that's a show in itself. Maybe you invite me back and we talk about the the highs and lows of pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) We will do that. But all in all, being the leaders and being the entrepreneurs we are, you just got to adapt and pivot accordingly. So I'm here to talk about that. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. When you were a kid, did you decide you wanted to be an author and a podcaster and an entrepreneur? Like, what were you thinking at five years old? (laughs) At five years old, I I did not even know that those things existed, probably because podcasting did not exist. Radio, it did exist. Five years old, I had a little bit of... um, a difficult, challenging childhood. I'm not going to go into all the details, although I'm an open book and my story is transparently out there, but that would take up again another show segment all in itself. Um, but I've been on my own since 16. Mm-hmm. So that gives you perhaps a little bit of insight to know at what level in life, what what age in life I had to uh, become self-sufficient, become creative, become innovative, uh, become all of those things. And yep. for whatever I've endured in my life, um, I've always prefaced it throughout as a result of my healing journey um, and remaining committed to the things that really matter to me in my life in terms of integrity, authenticity, uh, being empowered, mm-hmm. stepping in your power. Uh, I look upon all those things and preface those things now as a gift because had those hardships not happened to me, uh, I probably wouldn't be the compassionate human being I am. I probably wouldn't have felt a calling to have initially dedicated my first 25 years of my career to social services. So helping people who were disenfranchised, people who were abused, uh, people who were marginalized, oppressed, and uh, and really understanding what it means to be a servant leader in terms of paying it forward and being of service. And so I've really just taken those transferable skills of what I used to do once upon a time for whatever uh, the agency was or the client population or the demographic of what what and who I was serving at the time. And now I've taken it to mass media where I have more impact with more people all at once in terms of uplifting people to fear less and to live more, which I do believe, Bob, is my my purpose in life. That's awesome. And I think that is so important um, for people 
who do have fear, who do get overwhelmed to know that it's possible that even if you have all that, you can still move forward fearlessly. You, you can still have a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, nausea in the stomach initially, Absolutely. Think, but to like move through it and move forward and it won't kill you. <laughs> and when you were 16 and self, you know, becoming self-sufficient, um, did you have fear about money? Did you have some of those anxieties and overwhelm? And, and how, like, what was, you had challenges, but how did you start to recognize, or did you just always feel that innate, uh, drive to like move it forward? Well, that's a great question. And I appreciate you asking that question because it allows me first and foremost to, um, make it very emphatically clear to your listening audience, Bob, just because my brand and what I believe in is all premised on living fearlessly does not mean that fear in itself is not a genuine emotion. It's not to say that even myself, regardless of how evolved I am in my own journey, that I don't get afflicted by things or I don't come into reticence or uncertainty or things that trip me up mentally. It's not about the absence of fear. It's really taking those moments of fear and stepping into it regardless, making it work for you regardless, uh, and trusting in the process and trusting in the universe, uh, trusting or believing whatever people default to in terms of intrinsic strength to know that even if you can't believe it in order to see it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist or that it's not going to materialize. And I think that's so important for people to know because for me, I know for a long time, I had a fear of stepping up and being seen because I thought, oh, people will judge me or, oh, people, uh, there are people that will do it better. And I was fortunate to have a couple people around me that said, yeah, there will be people that will judge you and there will be people that do it better than you. That, don't let that stop you. Absolutely. Oh, I didn't know that, right? It was a piece of, imp- and, and so I think it's important for people to know that we can have fear, but it doesn't have to be debilitating. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> and and it's just, you know, like for for you and I, Bob, to get to this age stage in life, it, it has involved risk taking. It has involved having that inherent intrinsic belief in yourself, not just for who we are, what we stand for, what we represent, what we're trying to ascend to or to aspire or to cultivate in our lives, uh, but to know that the proof has already been in, in the pudding because we've all had to overcome multiple hurdles or hardships in our lives to even get to this point for you and I to have a discussion about the subject matter itself, right? I mean, nothing's gone perfect for you in your life. Nothing's gone perfect for me in my life. Yeah. The difference being is it comes down to attitude. It comes down to conviction. It comes down to consistency. It comes down to approach. Um, and it's being willing to pivot. So if you try to implement various strategies to find out that it's a dismal result or it's a, a, a least favorable result, then you don't just throw everything away that you've already cultivated in the background to even get to that point in your juncture. You go, okay, what other resource do I need to connect with? What am I, what do I need to outsource? Who do I need to immerse myself in the presence of based on what they've done, what they continue to do exceptionally well and mentor up, coach up. So it's really finding your tribe. Uh, It's really that fortitude and the resiliency so that it's non-negotiable within yourself that you do not quit no matter how difficult the challenge or how arduous the process or how long 
beyond what you anticipated as the timeline for achieving something. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean it's not obtainable. It means you just got to keep sticking to it and fine tuning it and honing it. Absolutely. And I'm curious, as you're talking about that, I'm wondering, and I'm curious how curiosity plays a part of that um, journey. Well, that too is an interesting question because, you know, the more you remain committed to being curious and I, you know, with all my children's books, I have four children's books. And so I always end off with a disclaimer in my children's book about embrace your inner child, rediscover your inner child, um, reinvest in your inner child, because I believe it's from that childlike wondrous spirit where we have been, for the most part, our most trusting, our most wondrous, our most adventurous. We don't have a fear of jumping into the deep end of a pool, even if we can't swim, right? right? Like we just do it, right? <laughs> we take risks. Um, and it's, it's as we get, we get through life where we become more jaded, we become more pessimistic, we become more reticent. So for me, in order to remain curious and knowing that that's an essential ingredient for, uh, ascending in my own growth journey and my personal growth and personal development, I always go back to Lisa, are you stuck because you've abandoned that inner child spirit that you need to step back into and remain staunchly immersed in so as to plow through whatever you're feeling encumbered by with respect to so-called fear or reservation or limitations or restrictions. So curiosity for me is always part and parcel of embracing, re-embracing your childlike spirit. Yeah, I think it's, for me, it's so important because my curiosity then allows me to pivot. <laughs> when I get new information, I can then say, oh, that's really interesting. Let me go this way and see where that takes me. Um, and I'm thinking about, for me personally, socialized around money, I was taught that I am my accomplishments and that the m- more material things that I have, the more fulfilled I'll be and the more people will give me applause and accolades for doing that. And then I discovered that there's lots of people. (laughs) And then I discovered there's lots of people in the world that are incredibly happy and fully abundant that aren't about who they are. And I had to get really curious because I couldn't, it didn't make sense to me initially. Um, And, and I was able to then see a different way of thinking. Yes, absolutely. Well, I also look upon curiosity from a different perspective. I really feel in many instances, curiosity is also synonymous with accountability Mm -hmm. because the more you question a situation, a dynamic, a a decision, uh, people's actions or lack thereof, you know, you're really holding the candle to people, including yourself. Right. It's important that you be able to micromanage yourself, that you be able to challenge your own false beliefs, your own false concepts. But curiosity for for me isn't just about going on like a magic carpet ride as a result of being curious, although it does produce that result. And that's a wonderful place to be. Right. Uh, But I really see it as synonymous with accountability and taking responsibility, because the more you're apt to be a critical thinker and deduce things and question things so as to get to the heart of the matter, whether it's for the benefit of yourself in in unlearning or relearning new things that will equip you to to arrive at those answers, uh, to seek those answers. 
But it's also when you're talking about working on teams, whether it's being a parent, whether it's being an effective community member, whatever it is we endeavor to do, curiosity is also part and parcel of accountability. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm curious, um, on your journey of, of moving through fear and move and living fearlessly, um, were there any fears and, uh, issues around money as an entrepreneur, as a, as an author, all these things, they take money, they take risk. How did that relate to you financially in terms of your money journey? I think money is one of the things that most people, whether it be consistently, incrementally, or at least at some point in people's lives, uh, where they have felt impeded by, where it has represented a huge level of fear. Um, and some of that can be tied back to people's upbringings, you know, uh, save everything for a rainy day or don't bring out the China unless it's a special occasion. Not recognizing that you have to live life deliberately, you have to live life in the moment and you have to live life on purpose now. So particularly as um, somebody who endeavored over seven years ago to step into the world of entrepreneurship, well, there's massive risk involved in that. There's no steady paycheck. You've got to acclimate yourself to a totally new environment, uh, a new realm of thinking and performing. And you've got to create that trustworthy presence and buy-in before people will buy your products, listen to your podcast, uh, seek you out for, for paid mentorship yeah. and, and, and to become their coach. Um, so people need to see to what degree do you believe in yourself fundamentally before you ask people to follow you, subscribe to you, purchase from you. Yeah. Um, people want to know to what degree that you firmly and staunchly believe in yourself. And of course, when you're starting out with a radio show or you're belonging to various memberships in the community, so as to be in the right circles and to be as associated and affiliated with the right people, you're doling out a lot of cash before anything trickles back into your pocket. So only to the degree that you fundamentally believe in yourself, would you be willing to take those risks to begin with? And I clearly did. And it's an investment. I'm investing back into myself. I'm investing back into my business. I'm building and investing back into the growth and the evolution of where is Lisa going to go so as not to remain stale or stagnant and, and acclimating to the times of what people have to do in the world of entrepreneurship, knowing that everything I do as a speaker, as a coach, as an author, as a mentor, I'm in an oversaturated industry. So the competition is fierce. Uh, and, and yet, and when I say that, acknowledge that and own that as truth, yeah. by no means do I see myself as being in competition with other people. I'm in competition with myself. I'm, I'm always trying to outperform myself. I'm always trying to up-level myself. I'm trying to boss up for myself. Um, so I'm too busy doing what I'm doing and wearing a myriad of hats and, and juggling a lot of balls. I don't even have time to see who my so-called competition competition is out there in podcast land or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And I, I think that's so important that we, it's, it's good to be aware of your surroundings. It's good to be aware of that. There are other people doing this, but trusting yourself is so important. I know for myself, I started a couple of businesses early on. Um, and, then I let them go because I thought, oh, it's not working. I'm not quite there. And then later on found out I was so close that if I had just held on for a couple more months or six more months that I would have turned this major corner. And 
for me, that was a lesson to say, hold on a little bit longer. Don't take yourself out so quick. And I, you know, and I think for people out there, it's important, like you said, to really that you believe in yourself, that you trust yourself, uh, because you can, you're the one that takes, we can be the ones that take ourselves out of the game on our own with no, with nobody else's help. Absolutely. Very true. Very true, Bob. Good point. And how, um, you know, as this journey of going through and helping people, what's the most, what's the most rewarding part of, of helping people to walk the talk, to believe in themselves like for yourself? What's, how do you get, how does that feed you? Well, I'm all, I mean, I've always in my whole life as a former competitive swimmer, uh, as somebody who's been living on their own since 16, putting myself through school, paying my way the whole way, college, university, no grants, no loans. I'm always about success. I'm always about being able to measure growth and understanding what are those tools that I can use as barometers to measure my growth, therefore measure other people's growth, whether we're talking about metrics, whether we're talking about my own client's success. Mm -hmm. um, but what I derive the most pleasure from, and when I know that I've done my job well, and I've done it well in tandem with the clients that I work with who also hold themselves immensely accountable uh, and who are highly invested in whatever it is that they're endeavoring to do so as to reach a pinnacle of success for however they choose to define success uh, for themselves personally. So when I start to see things pop for them, and, and not just as a result of the feedback they're giving me or the updates that they're giving me, but when I can see how it's transcending every aspect of their life, when I can see that they're lit up yeah. when I can see the additional buy-in that they themselves are getting from other people who would otherwise be strangers to them, but because they put themselves out there, because they stepped into their greatness, because they chose to live fearlessly, I see ongoing results for all of my clients or anybody who I'm in the realm of serving where you can see how things are computing, the risk versus the reward, the outcomes, things that you can measure. Um, and so when I, when I see the transformation of how a client has transcended or a client population that I've worked with has transcended or an audience who I've been invited to speak to has transcended and they come back. And in some cases, people have said, even as a result of me doing Facebook live streams, Bob, I had one person say, had I not seen that today, I was on the cusp of committing suicide. Yeah. So when you hear things like that, that are in some cases actually life-saving, that's all I need to know that I'm, I'm living my life on purpose yeah. and I actually do have value and I do have impact and I do resonate with people. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's an awesome thing. And how do you, when you have somebody new, because talking about mindset, talking about intentionality and accountability, when you meet somebody for the first time that uh, says, hey, I want to change or I want to do it differently, um, but they're resistant to the accountability or they're new to intentionality, um, how do you get, how do you motivate people or do you try to motivate people uh, to like take it to the next step or does it have to be an inward decision for them um, before you can work with them? 
Uh, well, bef- like in, in the initial stages upon introduction and getting a feel for each other, because it's not just me making the decision to sign on with them. They're making the decision to sign on with me because there's a myriad of coaches and mentors out there uh, for their choosing. I mean, it's a consumer's market with everything. Yeah. I'm a product. You're a product. We're all products. We're all brands. We're all whatever. Um, but let's say, for example, I have a client who they think upon meeting me and talking to me, they think their goal is, I want to write a book. I know that you've been successful, Lisa. You've done it with multiple books of yourself, or you've done collaborative uh, partnerships with other people, and you've had a chapter in other people's books, whatever the case may be. I want to write a book. Well, we don't just dive right in and write a book. Because when I say, how long have you wanted to write a book? Oh, 10 years. 10 years. Oh, (laughs) Okay, so what happened in those 10 years that prevented you from getting to the point of writing a book? Oh, well, I was dealing with this, I was dealing with that, I was dealing with this, I was dealing with that, right? And so when I start to get a sense of how they dialogue, when I start to get a sense of, okay, to what degree does this person hold themselves accountable as a non-negotiable, you know, when I start to tap into they are the common denominator in all of their relationships, good, bad, or indifferent. So when they're talking about, oh, well, I was endeavoring to write a book 10 years ago, but this person was unsupportive. This person laughed at me. This person mocked me. Uh, This crisis was happening in someone else's life. And I was the person who had to fly into rescue mode and all that. Then I'm getting a picture of this person for the things that they have participated in allowing to become an obstacle that they have allowed to become a block so much so that they weren't motivated or inspired to turn the corner and making that an emphatic goal because they got too distracted with everything else that was happening in their life, which essentially not to negate the truth of that, not to negate the human experience in that, but it was still allowed to be an excuse. Right to not get started. And so I work on the the psychology of them and getting them sorted out with what their blocks are, how they're dialoguing with themselves before we start talking about writing a book. That's just an example. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I think that is so important that uh, even for myself, for any of us to look at where am I creating obstacles? Uh, that I could move to the side, but I'm choosing to let that be the reason uh, instead of saying, oh, that's just something I need to hop over and keep moving forward. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And in your own journey, um, what are what's one of the things that you're most uh, proud of and not proud in an ego way, but just like, you know what, that is really satisfying. I feel really... Um, grateful that this happened in my life uh something like that that like you look back and go wow that one's a win feel really good about it well for me it's never about my own success uh in terms of my name being attached to a, a, being the recipient of an award because i've i've received many awards uh i've received many accolades i get sought out regularly to be the one interviewed i get i'm a 95% referral based business so People flock to me, PR firms flock to me in terms of getting their clients or guests on my radio show. For me, it's not about that. 
Because to me, that's my level of responsibility that if I'm doing everything right, that should be the outcome for me personally. That should be the outcome for my business and the metrics uh, to substantiate my own growth. For me, Bob, whether we're talking about the 25 years of my life being dedicated to servant leadership in social services, crisis management specifically, whether we're talking about my mentoring clients, whether it be me being a single mom and uh, the growth, the momentous growth I see in my own children being empathic human beings, um, you know, being loved and embraced by other people because their soul transcends in their relationships and dynamics with teachers and friends, whatever it is, I'm most proud of what degree of my personal professional involvement has catapulted somebody else's life journey in such a way that because I've done my job properly, they don't need me anymore. I did my job properly because they don't actually need me uh, to be an indicator or contingent upon what they can do to go fly and soar themselves. So when I see somebody who's left an abusive relationship, when I've seen somebody who, you know, dropped out of high school, ends up getting their university degree or their MBA or their PhD, when I see somebody who was uh, impoverished, but now they've bought their own home, or I've seen somebody um, who perhaps lost their children, mm-hmm. uh, but because they did all the right things through therapy and counseling and earning back the trust of their children and the care of the Children's Aid Society for a period of time who perhaps uh, had custodial rights to the children. When I see families being reunified, when I see intergenerational cycles of violence mm-hmm. or toxicity or dysfunctioning, that coming to an abrupt halt with my client or somebody who I perhaps worked with, and therefore the quality of their children's lives, it's going to be a totally different story. They're not going to like have broken children who have to use their adult life to repair or restore what fell apart mm-hmm. in their childhood. That's success for me. That's when I know, again, that I'm aligned with my life purpose. That's when I know that I've made a pivotal, uh, profound impact. It's when I see the decision-making that people are now uh, willing to take responsibility for, for the trajectory of their own future, their own goals, their own lives, so as to be healthy, be solid, and be on point, and be integral with self in terms of walking their own talk. That's when I know that this is all aligned. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And as you were sharing that, the the one question that it, it feels important, and we talked a little bit about it earlier, you were talking about finding your tribe or finding your people. And I want, I, and I want the question that I just want to ask is, is community important? Absolutely. I mean, none of us can do or accomplish anything or be the people that we are today without the help, the support, the assistance of other people. And we all come with different levels of self-awareness. We come with different skill sets. We come with different passions. We come with different purposes. Uh, we're not all one-stop shop. Like we all know you don't know what you don't know. So if you know that you're deficient in a particular area that's going to totally transcend your business or your relationship or your life or your goals, then you have to put yourself out there to find people who have, who are again, doing what it is you want to do 
and who are doing it successfully. People who are going to inspire you, people who are going to hold you accountable, people who are going to mentor you, people who are going to coach you, people who are going to extend your bandwidth of resource base, networking, marketing, contacts, whatever the case may be, which then accentuates and opens up more additional opportunities that you otherwise would never have been privy to. You never would have been exposed to. They never would have been extended to you. Um, and none of us gets anything done working in a vacuum of isolation. And yes, as an entrepreneur, I have to spend an exorbitant amount of time on my own so as to stay focused in meeting my stringent timelines and holding myself responsible that if I say I'm going to do something on a particular date, whether it's to meet a book launch or to, um, you know, have somebody on radio and make sure that I'm doing all the professional deliverables that I've guaranteed on my end, I'm going to uphold so as to make this a, a, a wonderful experience for them and my listening audience and the podcast subscribers, then, you know, you, you, it does, you do have to be receptive and open to accepting other people's experiences, other people's wisdom, other people's leadership. Uh, so community is key. Absolutely key. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I think sometimes in the U S specifically, we don't always realize the value and importance of community. And it's to me, incredibly important. It's vital. It is. It's absolutely vital to everybody's existence because we have, we have to, we're all interconnected. We all have to coexist with one another outside of people's goals, their, their mission statement, their brand, their whatever. In terms of just being able to cohesively, harmoniously coexist as, as a species, we need to understand what it is to do our role to integrate ourselves into finding the solution within our neighbors. And I'm talking about collective humanity here. I'm not talking about my fellow, my fellow Canadians or you talking about your fellow Americans. It's more broad based, widespread than that. And it goes much deeper than that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Collective humanity is is incredibly important uh, for all of us. <laughs> so we're at the fast five. So I'm we're we're coming towards the end. Uh, we're coming to the end, and um, I've got fa- uh, my fast five that I told you I was going to throw at you off the top cuff answers. Um, how would your friends describe you? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's tough because I've got friends from all walks of life. I've got people who, depending on the situation, because I'm big on accountability, some people would think I'm a tough cookie. Some people might think I'm not approachable. Some people would think I'm very approachable. Uh, it, it depends on the, the specific, the, the, the specificity of the relationship and the dynamic. I think overall people know I'm a good person. Yeah. <laughs> I think they know that. Um, who would you want to be stranded on, on a, with on a desert island? For Winfrey. Okay. <laughs> She's my number one intangible mentor. I've been trying to get her on radio and I'm in quarterly contact yeah. with her PR people, but she's just so overextended. But it's always been my goal to get her on radio, get her on my podcast. So that's why I <laughs> want to be stranded with her because then she can deke me. I love it. And what three items would you take? So I actually think I know what your three items you would take with you on that deserted island. You'd probably have a camera and a mic. <laughs> Absolutely. Need, yeah, I need water or chopstick. Ch- chopstick and water. What other item would you have? Maybe somebody on my team to help me facilitate all the things. Uh, <laughs> I just want a big palm tree to make sure I've got some shade. 
absolutely. <laughs> if you could go back in time, what year would you travel to? Coming out of the womb. <laughs> Fresh start. Let's do a complete do-over. That's my answer. Let's do a complete do-over. Complete do-over. Would you want to come back at that rebirth with some of the knowledge that you already have, or do you want to start fresh? Oh, I would need to have the knowledge. Otherwise, I don't want to come out of the birth canal again. I don't want to put myself through that unless it's with held <laughs> knowledge that would help me make different decisions in my life. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Um, where are you fearless in your life? It's a great question. Taking risks, you know, with every aspect, whether it's business, relationships, parenting, putting myself out there, uh, you know, to connect with people, to resonate with people. Just think it's my risk taking that would be applicable and interchangeable with all aspects of my life. Awesome. Um, So we're at that sweet spot, M&M spot, the money and motivation. Can you give listeners a practical financial tip that's worked for you or a piece of wealth wisdom that you've learned along the way as an entrepreneur? Always pay yourself first. Even if you're paying out of pocket to pay yourself first, but you put it in a separate account, do it. And what's the biggest obstacle people say to that? Like, because I know that's like, that's such a great thing. Pay yourself first. And a lot of people will say, right. They'll put up an obstacle. What do you think is the biggest obstacle for people not paying themselves first? Well, then they've got their priorities mixed up because they're still buying their Starbucks coffee. They're still buying their cigarettes. Mm -hmm. They can still afford to put gas in their tank. They can still afford to buy their kids clothes, even if it's secondhand. There's money, people. Sell your stuff on Kijiji if you have to. I don't care. eBay. There's, there's, there's so many ways to make money, find money, get money, right? But people don't want to be strategic or yeah. ego gets in the way. Well, what if I have to like look a certain way in people's eyes. Like I don't have it all together. People are going to think I have it all together. If I start talking about money or making it appear like I don't have enough of it, people are going to think, oh, you're not all together. So it's feast and famine for everybody in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do. I think it is all about mindset. And that's sort of what you've talked about. It's about mindset. It's about intentionality. It's about accountability. And it's, it's really boils down to, um, walking, walking the talk. And we may not always hit the mark 100%, but it's about getting back up, moving forward, taking risks and, and showing up. Absolutely. Bingo. Yeah. That's bingo. I loved your questions, Bob. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, where can people find you online and social media and where can they find your books? So I'm on Amazon. My books can be found on Amazon. Uh, You know, I was also doing for many years in a row, I was doing multiple book signings at various book locations. Uh, That's kind of changed right now based on the landscape of the pandemic. Um, I'm all over social media. Uh, A lot converts for me with people who are like-minded in the entrepreneurial world over on LinkedIn. Love my friends on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Um, It really converts over there uh, because people actually respect and value what goes into what it is you do and what your specialty is, what your level of expertise is. Um, but I'm on Facebook. Uh, you know, you can find me at my website, Lisa living fearlessly with Lisa.com. Um, or no, that's my email. I think I've got too many handles. Uh, <laughs> got to get a handle on your handle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Lisa at living fearlessly, uh, 
lisa.com. It's my website, lisa, living fearlessly with lisa.com is my email. Uh, I'm very comfortable with my phone number because I generally don't do business with people unless I speak with them first. So my phone number is 289-684-7707. I'm located here in Canada, Eastern Standard Time. Um, I'm accessible everywhere. And I'm all over in terms of where podcasts, podcasts get uploaded. So That's Apple, awesome. iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Chaser, FeedBlitz, you name it. I'm all over the place. Stitcher. Sure. <laughs> I was going to say C-Suite Radio Network and the Contact Talk Radio Network as well. And I also, I'm a VIP contributor uh, for Ariana Huffington's site, Thrive Global. And you can find my content on Medium as well. Awesome. Well, we'll put all of that up in the notes. We just want to say to our listeners, please don't forget to share the love, follow us, and give us a like on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast player. Visit Apple Podcasts and search for Money You Should Ask or click on the link um, below. If you prefer to watch our episodes, head over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. For more tips, tools, or to learn how to have a healthier relationship with money, visit themoneynerve.com. That's nerve, N-E-R-V-E, not nerd. Um, Lisa, it's been so awesome having you. I so, appre- <laughs> I so appreciate you being on the show with us today, Lisa. Well, it's lovely to play with you again on your show. I really enjoyed having you on my program, and I just want to say that I appreciate your time. I appreciate what it is you're doing for people out there in the collective. Um, and this has been a treat and I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I appreciated the questions. I appreciated the humor and thank you for not making me cry. <laughs> Sometimes we get, we let people have a pass. You don't have to cry. <laughs> thank you for the pass. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> 